All right. So last week you were saying that, let me interpret what I was hearing you say, which is, uh, you asked me a question about personal branding. And frankly, I haven't been doing a whole heck of a lot because I've got a lot going on. To which I say, hey, no problem. I totally understand because there are some times where I'll go social dark for 30 to 60 days, depending on what's going on. Like I'm trying to wrap up a book, but I'm doing it on social. So that's frankly one of the ways that keeps me doing it. But there have been times where I've had huge projects and I just had to go dark. And I, I always felt kind of bad about it until I realized you can rest a little bit on your laurels because you've planted those laurel bushes so well in the past that they're still going to be around. Because here's the thing. If you do a video and you post it to YouTube, does YouTube take it off because you haven't posted one in six months? No, it stays up there. It's evergreen. And if anything, it gets more views. You know, I yeah. haven't uploaded a video to my YouTube channel. I've only uploaded two vlogs this year and I haven't uploaded a video to my YouTube channel in the last YouTube video I uploaded was a month or two after Social Media Marketing World, which was all about my keynote, my, my presentation at Social Media Marketing World. And then since then, I haven't uploaded anything, but my YouTube channel still, you know, I'm running just shy of 6,000 subscribers, nothing much. And I haven't uploaded any content, but a lot of my content is evergreen. A lot of it's long tail and all yep. of my content is optimized for the YouTube SEO and YouTube algorithm. I'm still pushing like 50 to 100,000 views a month yeah. without uploading from long tail content that just keeps through the search terms, keeps getting views, keeps building my brand, keeps funneling people through to my Instagram following, keeps following through traffic to my website. When you say long tail, what do you mean? What's your definition of long tail? So if we, uh, if we talk about in the traditional sense of say keywords, so if you're doing say keyword research for Google, a short tail keyword would be something very specific and like one or two words, you know, like personal branding, that'd be a short tail keyword. A long tail version of that keyword would be how to use Instagram for personal branding. That'd be a long tail version of that keyword. So when I talk about the long tail return on views, or return on uh, exposure, I'm talking about you release a video, it might do a thousand views in the first few weeks. But you extrapolate that out, of, out over time, the long tail, you know, some videos that only did a thousand views in the first few weeks when I released them years ago have now done 50, 60, 70,000 views. So that long-term, long tail, I guess, lag leads to more views because as you get more views and assuming the quality, the content is quality. And then on YouTube, assuming you've optimized your keywords for the topics in which your people are searching for and you're getting wicked watch time and a bunch of the other hundreds of ranking factors that YouTube algorithm takes into, into account when ranking a video, you will see it slowly but surely increase in the search rankings. And then what tends to, tends to happen is you get this, this real long tail, X slow, real slowly but surely exponential growth in your views because you're jumping up the search ranks and then more and more people are seeing it. So like I said, go full circle. A video did a few thousand views when I first released it, over 50,000 views a few years later. Just the other day, I was looking for equipment reviews for a new piece of audio gear I want to get. And this piece, uh, this is not new technology. It's been out for five to, I don't know, maybe seven years or something. But I go to YouTube because rather than read a review, I want to be able to look at things like, well, okay, there are five reviews about this thing. This guy's got 10 views. This guy has a thousand. This one has 150,000 views. Well, I'm going to look at the 150,000 view review of piece of equipment because obviously other people have already vetted it and curated it to my attention along with the YouTube algorithm. And the, the takeaway is that this guy is really smart about these things and 
it's like coding the video and the producer of that video with authority. It, you 100%. know, you know, so I, I watch it, I get something good out of it. I give it a thumbs up like, which of course helps because that's another positive vote for that video, which causes it potentially to rise even higher. And I looked at it when I was done and I noticed he did the video five years ago when the audio unit first came out. I'm like, wow, that's how it works. He put in the effort five years ago and now he's just going to the bank on that because now it's monetized and he's maybe not getting a huge check from YouTube, but I don't know that, you know. He's still making some cheese, still making it, some cheese. And some work yeah. he did five years ago, you know? Yeah. Like, it's one of the beautiful things about creating content on YouTube, you know, like, I mean, YouTube's a very, very hard game, a very hard game to crack. And I still haven't cracked it. I've had successes, haven't cracked it. And it's cool to know that, you know, if you, let's say you're working in an office five years ago and you wrote a really great, really great report that, you know, your supervisors and the client just absolutely adored. The short tail return on investment was a pat in the back. You did your job, you got your paycheck for that week, the end. Let's say that report was a review for a piece of audio tech and yeah, you got a pat in the back from some of your subscribers and your mum was like, oh, that was a nice video you made, Paul. Well done. Five years later, the long tail, the YouTube, the algorithms picked it up and the long tail return is like, you've made a few thousand dollars in, in totality over the lifetime that this video has been out and you built your brand in the process and your subscribers. And that's led to more revenue because they've watched more of your videos. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by Culture Chicken Brand Egg. What's that? It's one of my most requested presentations, now available as in-person live or virtual online presentations. If you've got a group or association that loves presentations that inspire, inform, entertain, and get you going at the same time, we should talk. Head on over to dpknewton.com speaking to download my full speaker media kit today. And let's start talking about how I can help you get your party started. Also, a point that you touched on before to kind of go super meta, you mentioned that you haven't been doing much in the personal branding space, haven't been producing much content. However, you are writing the book at the moment. So it's a bit, there's a bit of a subtle irony in that. It's like, well, I'm writing a book on social yet. I'm not being very overly active on social media. And I just want to touch on that because I think one of the ways that I view my social marketing presence, especially these days, is the same way that I view marketing music in the sense that the traditional music marketing model is, all right, you write an album, you go, you're in a full-time band, you go away and you spend three to six months writing that album, writing the songs, practicing them, recording them, demos, then recording them properly. And then you might have 20 songs and then you pick the 12 best and you might have a few B-sides and then you go into the promotional phase, you get the product ready for launch, then you launch it and then you do interviews, you do promo, you then go and tour. And the way that I have started viewing the marketing cycles in my business, specifically it relates to the personal brand is I'll stay relevant. You know, I'll post, uh, you know, tidbits from my life. I've got a bunch of different content pillars, which are just reverse engineered from who I am as a human being. I'm a massive nerd, love my tech, Nemo kid, love my music. I'm a Facebook ads nerd, love my Facebook. But if I'm not in a promotional stage, if I'm not doing a product launch, or if I'm not generating leads for speaking, or if I'm not, you know, if I'm basically in a transitional phase, like I am in my business right now, it's the, in my mind, it's the same as what happens when a band's just come off a massive album release and they've just done their tour and they're taking some time off to chill or work on the other parts of their, their band until 
and planning so they can get ready for the next one to achieve the next goal that they're working towards. And I found that in, again, very cliche, one of the things that helps me so much in business that's taken me a long time to kind of internalize and then manifest into my reality is that patience thing, going back to what we said in the last episode and knowing that you can have all these crazy goals, but if you don't focus your energy onto the real specific goals that you're trying to achieve, you try to do everything like I did at the start of my business and I worked 80 to 100 hours a week and gave myself a, a heavy, heavy a few heavy doses of burnout and a bit of sprinkled a bit of clinical depression in there because I just exhausted myself because I thought I was a superhero. I've learned that it's okay to like take a step back and not be everywhere all the time and social as long as you're, as long as that maps to what you want. And as long as you're working towards the next promotional phase. I really like what you're saying about the patience part, because you've already illustrated the fact that when you were a kid, you had the desire to be in a band, you had incredible patience, but you never lost that goal to have it. And look, you have it now. I mean, it may be not as fast as you'd like, but you know, especially here in the United States of America, we love it to do the skip the line cultural hacks of things like, oh, rather than spend four years in a van touring the country with my band, I'm going to go apply for America's Got Talent or American Idol and just skip the big hard work section. Now, what you often find is a lot of those people who actually win those shows, they've been doing it for 10 years. And that's why when they get the big break, the prepared mind, you know, again, the kind of prepared person. Like as, like as where preparation meets opportunity, you know? Exactly. Like exactly. Adam Lambert, like Adam Lambert had an incredible voice. He was such a performer. He had such a look. He had such a bravado. A brava, I can't even say it. A bravado. Bravado. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he had all those things. And then he had the opportunity to go on America. I think it was American Idol. I can't, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was American Idol. Ago. Mm -hmm. And now he's an incredible solo artist. And now he's, he's, he's literally the new Freddie Mercury. You know, he's, yeah, the front he's man, fronting. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, he, actually, and he kills it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, there's actually a, I, I don't know if it was on Netflix. It might've been Netflix, a great documentary about Adam Lambert and Queen and how he got that gig. Talk about the prepared individual. There was one of those episodes of American Idol where he and the other guy, the two guys who were up for the finals got to sing with Queen, you know, with Brian May and yep. whatever the drummer's name is, sorry. And the funny thing is Brian May and the other guy, the drummer from Queen, were talking about, they actually played with both of them, like individual songs with both of them. And I think then a duet with them and all that stuff. They heard Adam Lambert and went, that's the guy. And they couldn't even remember the name of the other guy, the runner up. Because the lightning in the bottle thing that was Freddie Mercury with Queen, they felt it again for the first time since the death of Freddie Mercury, and they knew it. And so Adam Lambert was prepared. They were prepared, and their, their hearts were open to the fact that they could now look at the possibility of finding a new Freddie Mercury or someone who had that power. And, and so that's how that, that happened. star quality as well, you know? Oh, yeah. Like and the whole thing is, it goes back to what my big thing is about personal branding. You need to demonstrate who you are, what you do, and how you do it wherever, whenever you possibly can. Like one of the reasons that I do podcasting and live streaming even more than writing. Here's the funny thing. I'm a writer. <laughs> That's my job description, right? You could have never picked it with how eloquent you are for your speech, DP. Well, yeah. Well, sometimes. 
But uh, okay, there, there's a great line uh, that's been attributed to the American writer, satirist, Dorothy Parker. I hate writing, but I love having written. That's how I feel, which is I hate writing, but I love having written. So consequently, because I've got this kind of performer in me, it's no surprise to me or anyone else who knows me that I'm choosing venues that are more performative when it comes to voice and presence and, and all that stuff. So podcast, yes, please. Live stream, yes, please. Edited video, not as much because that takes more time and I like to be fast, fast, fast. But that's because those channels fit my voice. And by my voice, I, 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 I mean not only my voice, but my point of view that I can express and the way I express myself. You're doing the same thing with your, your video logs, your vlogs, which I've seen and are tremendously fun to watch. So if you're looking you. for someone who's really killing the vlog game, check out Paul Romando on YouTube. How do you spell Romando, Paul? <laughs> it's R-A-M-O-N-D-O. Yeah, check out those vlogs and you'll understand just how powerful they can be especially because you've talked about the fact that you're looking to do more public speaking or speaking to groups. Do you actually have a goal for your business to create a profit center or a, a section of your business dedicated to professional speaking? 100% back in or 2016, 2017. So I'm a paid public speaker and I've speaking of speaking, I've spoken. Wow. I've spoken um, yeah. all, <laughs> all over Australia, Southeast Asia, New Zealand and the United States. And hopefully uh, if COVID decides to disappear, I'll be doing my first gigs or my first gig rather in the UK next year, which is really cool. And one of the big goals this year, again, before uh, the pandemic changed uh, everyone's plans was to really just aggressively attack my speaking game. And following social media marketing world, I had so many incredible promising leads for so many keynotes across America. And obviously all of those fell by the wayside as did all of my other um, speaking opportunities in Australia and Southeast Asia. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, the ability and the opportunity to pursue that aggressively in the future. But again, just patient. It's not going to happen right now. It's not realistic to want that to happen right now. And when the opportunity does present itself in the future, I'm looking forward to attacking it with uh, everything that I've got. Hey, nonfiction branders, did you know I wrote a book? Well, I did, and it's called Rotoma, the ROI of social media top of mind. I wrote it with my colleague Spencer X. Smith, and it's all about Rotoma, an acronym that means Return on Top of Mind Awareness. Best-selling author and NYU Stern School of Business professor Scott Galloway called it a book that starches the fluff from social media and helps managers allocate capital and find the unicorn among unicorns, ROI. And chief content officer at Marketing Pro, and Handley said, this isn't just a practical way to think about the return on social media. It's also a spot on accurate way to reframe your social efforts. Check out all the five-star reviews on Amazon by searching Rotoma, R-O-T-O-M-A. Pick up your copy today and start building your personal, professional, and small business brand the Rotoma way. And I hear you, man, because this was a year that I was really getting traction with my professional speaking and more and more opportunity, more and more great connections. And then all of a sudden, and we, you know, you can at least speak locally here in the United States, you know, here in Dane County, Wisconsin, where I'm from, we're under mandatory this, that, and the other thing. And I don't believe me, I do not blame the government for doing that. 
because had we done it sooner, we'd be in the position Perth is now, which is reopening up almost, uh, you could almost say almost back to normal, but we aren't even close. And we just passed as a nation over 200,000 fatalities related to COVID. I mean, yeah, if you got a brain, use it. But anyway, Paul, how can people follow you? What channels are you most active on? Instagram is the most active. I reply to every single one of my direct messages. I'm uploading stories basically every single day. If you want to follow me, it's just my name, Paul Ramondo, spelled P-A-U-L-R-A-M-O-N-D-O. So Instagram really is your flagship from which everything is generated and trickles down? Yes, 100%. It's the platform that I use the most. And I used to be everywhere back in the day. I was like, got to be on Facebook. I mean, back in the day when Facebook was a lot more favorable for organic reach, uh, all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, was doing a little bit of YouTube and LinkedIn. And these days I've just kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm going to do something. I want to do the one thing well, build my audience, that one platform, as opposed to spreading myself too thin across a bunch of you know, different platforms. So my main channels are Instagram and YouTube. There you go. So smart. It's what I call the fewer better doctrine. Do fewer things better. And let me tell you, you're killing it when it comes to video. And I've got to pay more attention to your Instagram because now that I know that's your number one, I'm definitely going to start lurking or you're going to see a white panel van outside your building one of these days. And yeah, (laughs) I'll definitely be checking you out there because Paul Ramondo from Perth, Australia, what a great interview, what a great friend. And, you know, I am hoping that we can get back together again at social media marketing world, hopefully in 2021, knock on whatever wood you've got available. Yeah, exactly. Because one of the things I learned a long time ago, reach out, open up and find the people that you think you'd never talk to or have nothing in common with because you're going to learn the most from them. And I, I think back to the first year I met you and we met for two seconds and then I collared you in the hallway the next day and forced you to be on my podcast. And I do not regret that. You didn't force, you did not force me to be on your podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm, I'm so glad that we made that connection because yeah. like you said, we've now, we've got now got a great friendship and like this is the second, third, fourth podcast I've been on with you. And I've got a friend from, the other side of the world. And it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's a whole lot better than the old days of doing a pen pal letter that would take a month to get there. And then another month to get back if they return the, the whole mail or the whole letter thing. But uh, anyway, mm. I'm DP Knuton for the nonfiction brand podcast. That's it for this week. Next week, I'm going to have another exciting guest, but for now I'm with the amazing Paul Ramondo. And again, If someone wanted to contact you, Instagram direct message would be a great way to do it. 100%. All right. You're up to being inundated by a bunch of Americans who just want to hear your accent. Come at me. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So let's have a chat. That's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I'm DP Knuton, and he is... Paul Raimondo. Thank you so much for having us and for listening. And I will be back talking to you again next week. Bye-bye.